Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. You know what today is, Jared? It is uh, Tuesday, November 14th. It is, is there like an official day, like a holiday that I don't know about? What is it? It may go down in history as an official holiday. Uh, Okay. I'm interested. What, it, what what could it be? It's the first time that the NBA fan gets to see Chet mm. and Wimby. I had a feeling you were going there. <clears throat> Chet, Wimby. There's an article. Right, Brian Windhorst has has written an article right on the front page. The very first thing you see on ESPN on under the NBA tab. Why Victor and Chet could be the NBA's next intense rivalry. We kind of talked about that. Well, that it's always going to be thing. something. Yeah. Just because of their similarities in size. I think the proximity of the two, location-wise, mm-hmm. I think when the NBA expands through Vegas and Seattle, that you're going to see Oklahoma City and San Antonio be in the same division. Once that happens, which then leads to maybe an extra matchup a year, maybe sometimes two. Chet versus Wimby tonight. Thunder versus the Spurs. And there's also that, the Thunder-Spurs thing. That's been a it's been fun. It's yeah. been a fun, fun uh, playoff rivalry throughout the years. Especially the when, when both teams or when the Thunder were really good in their first kind of go round. So it's uh coming up tonight. We'll talk about the Thunder. Uh, they've started off pretty pretty well, considering the the difficulty of this early season schedule. Six and four through ten. I'm not great at the new math, but you know he's you win six games out of every ten. That's going to put you in a really nice spot once it comes to the end of the regular season. So you know, you're totally looking at. 48, 50, around 50 wins if you get uh, six out of every 10. So that's going to be a lot of fun tonight. We'll talk Thunder and Spurs, Wimby and Chet, and just the Thunder overall. College football, <clears throat> I'm going to let you be, let you put on the hats of Ross Bjork and Zach Selman. Make a hire mm. for Texas A&M mm. and Mississippi State. 
tonight's third installment of the college football playoff rankings. Will the top eight remain unchanged? We had a couple of wins toward the top that were pretty significant. Is that enough to change things? I'm never going to trust one team again. I didn't get to. I wanted to get to this yesterday. I didn't quite get there. I'm not doing it ever again. I feel like Charlie Brown trying to kick a football with one team. Who do you think are the best four? Not resume. Not when you watch college football. Your eye test tells you who are the top four. Uh, Big 12 title game scenarios, there's a bunch of those, and we'll do our top 10 as well. And then the NFL will wrap up the week. Where are all the good young quarterbacks? There's one. And I mean, like, first few years. Maybe two. Jalen Hurts probably counts in that first couple of years. But where are they? I think that's what leads to such bad games on a weekly basis. Yeah, there are some blockbuster matchups in the NFL every week. There's also a bunch of terrible games. Um, how many teams do you think right now, heading down the stretch of the season, about you know halfway point or so, how many will now go into tank mode? Because this year's draft, quarterback-wise, people are talking about it being one of the best ever, historic with the depth and the quality. So how many teams right now are in tank mode going into week 10? Well, going into week 11. Uh, there were some bad losses from some good teams this week. And then also our top five in the NFL. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. Uh, give us a call. Shoot us a text. We'll talk about anything. Uh, if you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch with the show by logging on to kadsam.com. Or you can download the app. The app is free and it's got everything. It has got radio. It's got the penny news. It's got Big Elk and Paragon TV. You know, there's some hoops on Paragon TV tonight that we can talk about. Uh, so download that app. And, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. Miss the show entirely. You can check us out anywhere where you can find a podcast. How are you today, Jared? I'm good. I'm good. You're all Trojaned out. It must mean you are headed somewhere. Uh, yeah, Sweetwater. Heading west. Sweetwater, <clears throat> Oklahoma. All right, so we've got Olusty and Eric. Canute. Sweetwater, Hammond, Arapo, Butler, Leedy, Sentinel, Cheyenne, Hydro, Eakley. Those are the doubleheaders tonight. 6.30 for the girls' games, 8 o'clock for the boys. ParagonTV.com. Good stuff. Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of games and then boom, stop for Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's the way it goes always. Yeah. But, which, by the way, I wonder if anyone else is doing this. I noticed this. I think I'm right. I asked the right people, and they they confirmed it. On a week from today, canoed up is, is at Arnett. Of course, they're out for Thanksgiving all week, right? Mm-hmm. Most schools are. Well, they decided to have their first game, their girls' game, at five. Oh, nice. Followed by the boys, so everyone gets home a little. I mean, they're out of school. Why not just do it a little earlier? So I like that because Arnett's a little bit of a trek. Yeah, very good. Get up there. I wonder if anyone else is going to do that. It's a great question. Um, you know, kids are out and get them on the, you know, get them there, play the game, get them home. I like that because I. Well, I like instead, that. Instead of getting home at twelve thirty, I'll get home at eleven thirty. <laughs> now this is a fine suggestion. Stop and eat at Pack Saddle. That is a fine suggestion. Yeah, I got some questions for him. I want to uh, our our Arnett listener. Well, about- there's surely more than one. 
Well, the only one that texted yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Ask him about some setup situations. I got a week to figure that out. I've never been to, I've been to Arnett, but I've never been to a basketball game in Arnett. Cheeseburger and uh, potato wedges. That's what you're looking for. That's the answer you're looking <laughs> that's for. <the> one. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's what you're looking That's the answer you're wanting. All right. NFL this week. I started the, we kind of broached this subject last week when we talked to NFL, but we didn't get all the way into it. And that is, you know, coming off, I guess last week you had what? Dallas and the Eagles. Um, God, there was a couple other good games. But for the most part, in week nine, it was pretty rough. The entirety of the schedule. You had Miami, Kansas City overseas. But then let's look here. Houston, Tampa Bay turned into be an awesome game, but it didn't start out that way. Cleveland, Arizona, Chicago, New Orleans, the Vikings and the or the uh, Falcons, Green Bay and the Rams, Washington and New England, Indiana, Carolina, Indianapolis, Carolina, Vegas and the Giants. And then you had Dallas and Philly, and then you had Buffalo and Cincinnati. And then the Monday night game was the Chargers and the Jets. I mean, there's a bunch of sorry games in that. And I got to thinking about it. A big part of the reason why is, okay, you've got Herbert versus Zach Wilson. For the Giants, you got who? I don't even know. DeVito? <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Tommy man. DeVito. Was that not a character in Goodfellas? It had to have been. And I'm afraid that Danny would have been better at quarterback uh, than Tommy was on Saturday or Sunday against the against the Cowboys. Poor Tommy. And Who's then, the quarterback flashed, for Vegas? Did you see his parents? They kept flashing his fa- pictures of his family up there. Man, they look like they're connected. They look like they're connected to the. That's Jared Atha, not Aaron Count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to out him or anything, but man, they just looked the part from Jersey and everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's the quarterback for the Vegas Raiders right now? Oh, goodness, I don't know. It's Aiden O'Connell, I think. Aiden O'Connell. Rookie from Purdue. Oh, that's right. I knew that. I knew that. Because Jimmy the, G's done. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you had, what, Gardner Minshew against poor Bryce Young. You know who's actually become a decent quarterback? Uh, Dobbs. Looking back this way. Dobbs isn't bad. <laughs> Sam Howell. For the for the commanders, he's putting up some pretty good numbers. And but last week it was him against Mac Jones. Eesh. Jordan Love versus who is the Rams right now? Stafford's hurt, isn't he? Is he still hurt? It was Brett Rippon. You know who Brett Rippon is? No, he's, you're naming people like. <laughs> I mean, it feels like the these whole are point. games or names I would have heard if I watched Mac football on a Tuesday night. Yeah, that's it's a lot of what it really is. So last week, I'm going I'm to say a name and see if you can tell me who he started in the NFL at quarterback for. Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon. Who did he start for? The Arizona Cardinals. Okay. okay. that He was Dobbs' replacement. That's right. When Dobbs got traded for like a week, right? And then, of course, well, this, this week, you know, I'm going to say another name, Jaron Hall. Any idea who Jaron Hall is? No. He was the starter for Minnesota last week before he got concussed, uh, and then Dobbs had to come in. You know where Jaron Hall went to school? 
I will always answer with Central Michigan first. <laughs> no, I don't. BYU. BYU, okay. BYU. Was he Zach Wilson's successor? I think so. Or was he before Zach Wilson? No, no, he's just young. A- he's first or second year. Okay. And then everybody knows this name because they've been in prime time, but if it was just stuck in the middle of a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, ain't no way you know who quarterback, who who uh, Tyson Baguette, but I don't even know how to say his name. Baguette? Baguette. 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 I don't know. Do you, do you know who he quarterbacks? No. The Bears. Oh, the Bears. So what I'm trying to tell you here is the quarter. Where are the young ones? Okay, you've got. Obviously, it looks like C.J. Stroud is on his way to being a very good, if not great, type guy. I guess we can count Hertz. We can count Burrow. Are they still in the young category? Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'd. You count put those there. guys. Herbert probably fit it, he definitely fits into that in Tua let's say I mean once you get to me once you get to the DAC level uh Josh Allen Baker you know that Baker that those guys aren't really I mean they're younger but they're not like young right does that makes is that does that make sense yeah so where yeah. are the I mean gosh dang I mean I know Indianapolis tried to draft one Carolina tried to draft one this time the Giants, you know, like Daniel Jones, he's past the young quarterback. He's been in the league too long. So when you look around here, you know, Zach Wilson, he's a young one, but it's terrible. Mac Jones is a young one that's terrible. Jordan Love is a young one that doesn't look very good. Kenny Pickett is a young one that doesn't really look very good, even though their team wins, which is just amazing. <laughs> that's now nine games. All nine games they've been out they've been outgained. And the Steelers are six and three. That is just silly, absolutely silly that you're able to win games like that. So, all of this to say, right now, going into Week Eleven, which everybody has what seven games left on their schedule, who is in tank mode, or who should be in tank mode? Well, I would have told you Arizona, but they brought back Kyler and they played them and they won. So I, I, I'm taking them off the table. Yeah. So, okay, we'll we'll talk about. It. There's two. There's two here that I think are really interesting, and then I think there's a whole bunch of obvious ones. And I would have even thought the Vikings, but they've won a couple of, and, and it looks like they're they really like Dobbs. They're the hottest team in the NFL. They are they won five in a row. Yeah, they have. Um Man, I, I don't know. Maybe the Titans? Okay, the Titans, for, I mean, one million percent should be in tank mode. Should be. Unle- I they're mean, out of it. I mean, unless they're... you love Will Levis. Will Levis actually was pretty good until this week, and then he was pretty bad this week. But that they should absolutely at least give themselves a chance. The Patriots are one million percent should be in tank mode. Listen, bench him, bench Jones. And no, leave. don't bench Jones. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like, do uh, not bench. No, last thing you want to do is bench Mac Jones. That'll well, give you a chance I mean, to if, win. If, uh, <laughs> if he's the best that they got. Blame. Because <laughs> how many times has, has Belichick benched him, brought him off the bench, benched him, yeah. brought him off the bench? <clears throat> if you're trying to tank, do not bench Mac Jones. Because <laughs> that's going to work in your favor. No, my point is, if that's the best quarterback you got, yeah, you're. And he's pretty bad, so yeah. the guys below him have to be worse, right? Keep on playing him. 
uh, somehow the Jets are four and five. They should be in this group, even though they've got maybe they could be in this group in two years, but they should be right now. There's no guarantee that Rodgers is coming back. No, and Wilson's not. Wilson gonna, is awful. He's not going to try to. You hit that give one. That up, but listen, you yeah. hit that one on the head way back before that draft. I never said he wasn't any saw good. anything out of him. He, here's the deal. You you can see there's there every single game that Zach Wilson plays. You see about three plays where you go, huh? That's why everybody loved him. I mean, the other day he threw a. I mean, he 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 his arm strength and his like you know that part of it. He makes a couple of throws that you go, man. He's one of the very few dudes that can do that. But it's also eight percent of the game. Yeah, <laughs> is I mean, the, out I mean, of how many snaps? That's right. You yeah. get if if that got to like seventy five percent of the game. Then you'd go, oh yeah, that guy's pretty good. I mean, like, so what I'm saying is, at least on him, you actually see the talent that's there. You just got to figure out how to get it out of him more consistently. With Mac Jones, you don't even see that. No, you just go, what in the world? What are you doing? Yeah, <clears throat> Wilson. I was never high on him, and I'm not going to sit here and and say I'm I'm I can just see a guy in college and say that's going to be a good quarterback like. Like Allen, you wouldn't think would be really good coming out of Wyoming, and I even had my reservations about him because I was thinking, well, it's Wyoming. He played in the Mountain West. You're, you better be carving him up if you if you're a good quarterback. And I kind of had that same feeling about Wilson at BYU at the time. They were independents and they were a little bit have a little bit more challenging schedule, and they had, he led them to some success. But my point is, I would watch him in college and go, I just don't see it. I just don't see where the next step could be with him at the next level I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it anymore because the college game it's it's so much easier and i think the hardest part is one taking a snap from under center and turning your back to the defense on like a play action which nobody in college does almost nobody yeah and two Everything is the, the the offensives in college are now so so intricate, like the play is decided for you. There there's very few of those. Even the really good college quarterbacks, very few are actually reading the defense and finding the open man. It's no, all kind it's of scripted script. for them. Yeah. yeah, everything. It's like one two. There it is. You know, and I think that's where it makes it the the mental side of it is where it makes it so hard. And so like when you do see one of these. These guys against like that's why I was so convinced C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback in this draft. It all happened one single night, watching him against Georgia, and him destroy Georgia's defense. Because well, Georgia yeah. had a quote unquote NFL. I mean, they had a right. bunch of guys that were going to play well, that in the game NFL. Game felt like a NFL light. Like it felt like a lot of those guys. And without looking, I'm sure a lot of them are or have been already up into the NFL. But when you get that feeling of a game, I'm totally with you. Hundred percent, and in a way, Ohio State runs an offense. It's almost more of a traditional NFL style offense that gets those guys. I mean, you watch every Monday, Sunday night, and they're not Joe Smith, the Ohio mm-hmm. State University. You, you always hear the. There's a lot of guys that they put in because of that offense, and I totally agree with you. That that was the night I thought, man, he's carving them up. And if it wasn't for Harrison going out, yeah, with the, on the yeah. targeting, not targeting concussion, they yeah. win that game. And you felt like he was. It was 
get to the line, read the defense, make a change. If not, take a snap, go through your progression. It wasn't one, two, three, hit hit somebody on a slant, or right. one, two, three, going deep on the side. I mean, it, it wasn't like that with him on in that game. And I had fun watching that no, game. No, you Just, saw you saw something you don't see very much in college football: the quarterback's head move across the field, yep. reading the defense. Yep. That night. Yep. Um, okay, so for me, the two that are really interesting. One is the Cardinals. Yeah, what do you do there? What are what message are they sending everybody with by playing Kyler? I didn't watch that game, but it, was he the reason they won? I mean, oh, man, he threw he made a pick, a, but he he did run one in. Gosh, and he made a in the last drive is like third and twelve. Nothing was open. He ran around in a circle back there and got like twenty five yards. And basically, the play of the game he made with his legs, like. Kyler Murray can make with his, you know what I'm saying? I but mean, it this just, is his first game. It's it was November. Dude, he 12. looked so fast. Yeah, but the, but but the, that's his first game. Yes, if he can't do that a full season. Yep. No, that's why it's such a problem. Plus, they paid him. Yeah, yeah. The other paying one that, him make him work. The yeah. other one that's interesting is, is Chicago, but they haven't paid Justin Fields, so it's easy to cut ties with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas Kyler is so much different. You know, and the jet, the the uh, Giants, the Giants paid Daniel Jones. They could have gone two and eight without him. Oh yeah, but they paid him. I mean, both of those teams, Arizona and the Giants, are both two and eight, and both have paid a quarterback. Now the Giants didn't pay Daniel Jones like the Cardinals paid Kyler Murray, but they still paid him. And it may and and the problem for Daniel Jones or the Giants is when they watch Daniel Jones, who in the world wants to trade for him? I mean, so that's a cut. At least, at least the Cardinals might be able to find somebody to offload Kyler to, if they want to draft. If they end up high enough to want to draft yes, one of these quarterbacks, somebody. And, and then the the question also becomes, when I say these quarterbacks, does that mean Caleb Williams only, where you'd make crazy moves for, or is Drake May in that conversation as well, or somebody else? I don't think I. I don't think. Arizona cuts Kyler Murray loose or tries to trade Kyler Murray for anybody but Caleb Williams. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, the the Bears won, which you'd think, God, what are they doing? But they beat Carolina. Guess who has the Carolina's pick? The Bears. The Bears. So they were kind of in they're, a no. They were in a no lose situation. By there. them winning, their their chances of getting the first pick went up. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because it because put again, Carolina you own Carolina's pick. On the text line, Scotty's got Raiders and Broncos. Raiders a hundred percent are in this. Broncos are interesting. All of a sudden, I mean, the Raiders are five and five, so they're probably they need it bad. I just don't know if they're going to get it. They've already won too many games, but you know, there's always there's some other guys. The Broncos are super interesting. They're four and five, but they now won three straight, and two of those wins were Chiefs Bills. Yeah, Wilson's looking more confident. There's a bunch of good teams that haven't beat Chiefs Bills: no. Dallas, Miami, just to name a few. That have that have winning records and haven't got close to beating teams as good as the Chiefs or the Bills. I think this is going to be. Obviously, the playoffs and all that's going to be one angle of this. 
And then I think the Caleb Williams thing is going to be a total another. There were some bad losses for some good teams this week. Cincinnati dropping that game to Houston was a crusher Mm -hmm. in that tough division that is the NFC North. And another one, Baltimore blowing that game to Cleveland. Oh, my goodness. That – those are the games that you come back here in about six weeks and go, oh, yeah, remember when Baltimore blew that game to Cleveland when they were up 14 basically the entire game and ended up losing on their home field? Steelers are setting their 2-0 in the division. This is going to be – I mean, we've said it all year, I think. I don't think there's any doubt AFC North is the best division. Uh, yeah, it's, I agree. Yeah, top to bottom. You, you know, on any good day. I mean, what if what if Pittsburgh suddenly figures out how to outgain somebody? Oh, how about I mean, you know, I mean they're they're right there. <laughs> I mean, then they that could put them up at the ne- the next level. Yeah, that uh, the, any given day, any given Sunday, uh those four teams can win. I mean, I feel like the Bengals could win. I know they could win the AFC South. I think they might be able to win the AFC East. And they're last yeah. in the AFC North. That's how bad a loss that was to Houston. Even though Houston's becoming a way better team, Stroud's been awesome, and they're 5-4. and four. Who ever would have saw that coming? Their number, they're over, over. They, they have to be really close to surpassing the season win total at 5. I have to go back and look at that. But that's still a bad loss the way they just can't lose that game on your home field in that division. All right, what's your top five this week? Uh, my top five, let me get my notes here. Wrote this down earlier. This was hard because it was you had two teams with buys that are still in my top five. Yeah. And that'd be number one, Philly. I'm keeping them there. Number two, Kansas City. And that, that, Sit down and get the popcorn ready this weekend for that game. I put Detroit at number three. Uh, Baltimore's loss hurt them, but I still have my top five at number four. And number five, flip a coin. I don't know. I'm going with that head-to-head stuff. I'll put San Francisco there. I, 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 my fandom wanted to put Dallas there, but I'm not ready to do that just yet. So San Francisco back on the high side against a solid Jacksonville team. That was a good win for them. How about this? I'm going to put San Francisco number one. Oh, okay. Because they were finally healthy again. That, that Well, that's a good point, too. When they're healthy, I think the 49ers are the best team. And they were, and they just dismantled the Jaguars on the Jaguars' home field. A Jaguars team that everybody was in love with. At five straight wins, six and two, riding high behind Trevor Lawrence, and they got destroyed. So I'm put San Francisco numero uno. Philly two. And then almost by default, Kansas City 3. It, it almost feels like Kansas City and Miami got lucky not to play this week, right? Because of the uh, the way that the, the good teams lost. I mean, Buffalo. What is Buffalo doing last night? Oh my! What are they doing? So I'll put Kansas City 3rd. I'm not putting the Dolphins in the top five till they beat somebody that's got a winning record. I'm not going to. No, I'm the same one. I'm not going to. Um, when I said flip a coin, they were not on that coin. They were not a part of that. Detroit four. And I'm going to put Dallas five. 
with Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore, come on. Bad loss. Baltimore, Cleveland, the Jags. You know, here's the here. Is it possible that the AFC isn't just so head and shoulders above the NFC like everybody thought going into the year? Uh, maybe. I think there's two major reasons why. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Those two teams are five and five and five and four. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that and that that was kind of a big reason why it felt like the AFC the AFC had like, you know, four of the top six in the at least in the whole league. You take two of those away and maybe insert a Detroit or a Dallas, now all of a sudden it evens it out a little bit more than normal. Yeah. NFL, man, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. It, it just, and the cool thing about it is it's not like college. So, like Baltimore, after blowing that game, they're not out of it. No. It just that's... makes it harder to get in. Yeah. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug. We'll tell you all about them when we come back. We're talking college football. Jared gets to hire some coaches next right here on the Skinny on Sports. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal hanging out on a paul jones drug tuesday paul jones drug is care you can trust right here in the elk city area 809 north main street is their address they are the oldest compounding pharmacy in elk city which means they are the most experienced at compounding. Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, or get your vaccinations. Blister packs, which is their long-term care unit packaging, all available at Paul Jones Drug. We've got plenty of other things to tell you about throughout the show down there as well. We appreciate Rodney and all the gang at Paul Jones Drug. All right, Jared. We talked yesterday how kind of almost not, not surprising that Jimbo Fisher's gone, but just when it happened. Yeah. But it does make sense. Did you see the donation? What? Uh-uh. The the booster club donation right in the middle of that game. No. The jokes came. I have flowing. missed it. Like, oh look, they 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 donated a, a large amount of money, and it was like, oh, there's the check that the <clears throat> they used to make him go away. He didn't even know he was getting that check was for him to go away. Yeah, I mean, happened kinda- right in the middle of the game, like a timeout in the first quarter or something like that. I don't know if that was – but you see what I'm saying? It seems (laughs) like, you know, because people are like, oh, my gosh, how do you fire a guy that just won 51-3 to or 51-10, whatever the final score was? Yeah. And the answer is, I think this happened Thursday. No, yeah. yeah, Like Thursday night. There's a board of regents. Yeah, they – They all kind of got – the the big guys got together and – or the big guys made the little guys get together and decide to, yeah. to, to fire him. Yeah, I imagine that room looked like a bunch of guys with big cowboy hats and boots on. There's some whiskey in the middle of the table, cigars, like, we're firing this guy. Har! It, it reminds me that the uh, the Seinfeld episode with the guys from Houston. Yeah. When they were betting on everything. That's, Tell that son of a <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly that's who I assumed is making the decisions down at a and 
I did hear an interesting theory why they fired him now. Oh, can I can I guess? And you probably heard it too. I mean, I I don't I haven't really heard anything, but I can guess because they already, one, they already got a guy. One either I think it's one of two things. One, they've already talked to somebody and have a guy in in mind or have a guy almost committed. Or two, and this is something we're going to see more and more often. You know, used to you could wait till the season was over, first weekend and uh, you know around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Fire your coach and you had Two months plus before signing day. Right. And there wasn't this thing called the portal. Yep. Now that timeline is sped up because you have to figure out a way to keep your own dudes that you want in the program while also hiring a coach as fast as you possibly can because signing day is coming up in December, Mm -hmm. which really kind of stinks for the entirety of the whole thing. The players, the seat, you know, it, I mean, they're, they're six and four. I get it. It's not what they want to be. But, you know, those, the, the kids on that team that want to be there deserve to, you know, finish out. Think about the seniors that love Texas A&M or grew up Aggies, dreaming of going there, aren't NFL type dudes. And their last three weeks and then into whatever bowl game they go to is just going to stink. Yeah, They don't have a coach. Everything's in turmoil. They don't know who's leaving, who's going. It's just not a great thing for college football in my mind. No, no. Even though people don't care about those other bowl games, those kids do. So let me ask you this. If you were Ross Bjork, well, it turns out here's the truth. Jared, you can't be Ross Bjork because Ross Bjork doesn't have any power. No, the AD has zero power in this. So if you were the guy that wrote the hundred million dollar check <laughs> to hire Jimbo Fisher, and then wrote the hundred million dollar oilman's club, that's in right, the suite at, at Aggie Stadium. Or who are you hiring now? Who should I hire, or who I think they will hire? Who do you think should be the next? See, here's the problem: if you're one of those guys, you don't think clearly. No. You don't think rationally. You think home run. Whatever home run in your mind means, which in their mind is biggest, shiniest name, unfortunately. I mean, isn't it crazy to me how much they hate each other, how much they despise each other, how much they act like they aren't each other, but how much A&M and Texas are starting to mirror each other. Oh, yeah. That's a Texas thing, I think. Just a... Bigger is better in Texas. We gotta be the flashier okay. name and all okay. that stuff. So, I I could tell you who I think who should be hired. Okay, who? And I'm with Jim on this. It's it's Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator at the University of Washington. It's not a flashy hire, but when has a flashy hire worked out for Texas A&M? So, I and and he might come at a discount compared to what they've always paid their coaches. So. In what money? Well, money's not an option. They'll have money. I, that's who I would get. And and they got to be patient with this guy. They can't expect a sudden two year turnaround. If but that 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 leash might become shorter if they can keep all those guys you mentioned on campus. But that's who I would go get. That's that's who I think they should hire somebody like that. But Ryan Grubb, I think, is the next guy that's going to be a hot commodity in the coaching carousel world. And if they if they fire him at this moment. They can get first dibs at him. 
I mean, they fired Jimbo right now. The timeline sped up. Hey, give him a phone call. Okay, what is his background? Uh, I don't know. Because there's one thing that is going to be a necessity in the background of whoever the coach is at Texas, A&M. And quite frankly, Texas normally. Ties to the SEC? No, ties to Texas high school football. Ah, right, right. You have to be able to recruit the state of Texas if you're at A&M, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying. I'm I'm looking at his And here's the issue for maybe, I don't know. But if you don't have any ties to it, you're some sort of outsider. I mean, look back. Let's think about all the different. Look back at there. There was a few hires that Bob Stoops made even way, 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 way back. Bobby Jack Wright was one of them to have ties to Texas. Yeah. In this, if you're in this region, so nah, he would not be that guy then. I mean, he's from the north. He's from Iowa. He's had stops at South. I mean, he played at South Dakota State. Stayed on as a coach there yeah. for a little bit. Sioux Falls, Eastern Michigan, got to the west coast of Fresno State, and then got hired over at Washington. But he feels like that that next. Oh, I think he's for savant, somebody that offensive dude. Right, he's a quarterback coach too, and but outside of Manziel, I mean, there's there's obviously Murray. Does that even count? But what's a big name quarterback that's come to A and M? Yeah, that's that's made a name. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. go, oh, Kellen Mond. I mean, come on. Kellamon was terrible the whole time. He was time. bad. So my point is, you get a guy, a quarterback, maybe he can get that big name. Maybe a, guy, a quarterback coming to high school goes, I want to go play for that guy. Look what he did to Penix Jr. You know, who knows what that story hasn't ended yet. He might have won a Heisman. I think he works. I just don't think he works at a and I, I think you're right. He, he, somebody is going to hire a really good coach in, in Ryan Grubb. I just – I know you're going to say. I don't think it's at A&M. Do you really? It's the guy from uh, no. It's not you. It's not, not Jeff Trader. Not him. As okay. much as that makes sense, it's not him. Are you going with the flashy hire or the, yes. the, the, the makes I am. sense hire? No, no, I'm going. I, but I think both. I think the guy I would hire is flashy and also makes sense, and he's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, offensively, quarterback, and all that kind of thing. I don't. Okay, who's that? It is time for who who the lane train to exit. Oxford, oh, wow. and head to College Station. And I know Tyler's listening because he's texting us, or texting my phone, and that would be a heartbreaker for the old Miss Rebels. But Lane Kiffin to A&M. And here is why I say this. He's been in the mix with the SEC. And I think he's got, the attitude, I think he's got enough attitude yeah. to him to tell those guys with all the money to go jump in a creek. It's my it's my show. Let me run it the way I want to run it. And the results, here's the thing about all that money stuff. That money stuff, it's going to always be there. You all, because of the egos of those guys are always going to be there. Lane's ego is just as big as theirs. But also, you know what helps with that? You know what we're not hearing this year down in Texas? That we all thought we might hear. Hell, the backup quarterback had to play. But what what did we not hear? Um, where is Manning? Why isn't why isn't Manning? But playing? you know why? Because they won. They're winning. They're winning. Yeah. When you're winning, a lot of that stuff gets kind of that that gets shoved back into the background a little bit. Yep. Waiting for oh my gosh. Did you get a response? Yeah. A and M is a worse job. That might be true. From a 
an unrealistic expectation standpoint from a resources that that's not true. A and M is as resource heavy as anybody, but they're also they're they're a little bit Auburn esque in craziness. He says he's waiting to go to Alabama. I could see that too. I don't know. He may have a he may have a hard hard time jumping with Sark. The thing about Sark though, it's Texas to Alabama kind of lateral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas for Lane, that's definitely a step up from from Ole Miss to to Alabama. Money talks though. Oh yeah, money will talk. So you've got they just sat down, open Ryan up the checkbook, and go, "What's it going to take?" All right, what about uh, old Mi- or uh, Mississippi State? Now Mississippi State's going to make they're going to hire somebody, and you, you're going to go who? Uh, you know the, the 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 ties for Selman to Oklahoma they just scream at you. So it makes you think, you know, I'm, if are they going to call Levy, engage his interest in the job? Um, so you're going to there's a wide range of guys that they can make a hire there. I kind of think Lebby's going to shoot up the list because of those ties with Selman in Oklahoma. I'm talking myself out of grub because of I, – th- I don't think – I think he might hold out for a bigger job. Now, maybe maybe Lebby. Yeah, I think he could be in the mix. <clears throat> I think he can be in the mix because if you're Selman, Selman's been at uh, – I know who it is. Who? What about Petrino? Well, I wondered if they would. I wondered if A and M would have the brass to no. just kind of elevate him, but I don't think that's cool enough for him. No, it's not. Petrino's a good one. I, th- I do think because it seems like that re pardon the pun rehab job where he can go have success and then maybe go into a bigger job. If but, the, I mean, how old is he though? Does he still won't even want to pursue that route? Right. But, but, but he probably who doesn't want to be a head coach, right? I mean, he, he might go, yeah, that, that's a perfect situation for me. They'd love to have me. I'd love to have mm-hmm. them. It's in the SEC, right? In the right year, right scenario, right recruits. I could probably win here. Mike Leach made him relevant. Mm-hmm. So, see, that's Petrino where Petrino is intriguing. This is where your grub guy makes sense. Get your feet wet. Well, and just I mean, what has Zach Selman seen? In his career. I mean, he's been Josie's right-hand man for a while. And he's seen young, up-and-coming coordinators. Yeah. I mean, he knows the history of OU with Bob Stoops. He knows the history of Barry Switzer. You know, at, at OU, it's always worked when you hired a coordinator. And so I don't think he's scared of that, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It might, be, yeah. might even be in his wheelhouse. And so a guy, I would, I would not be shocked at all <clears throat> if that uh, would be possible. Uh, here's another, Tyler just hit it, Willie Fritz. He's an old dude, though. You know who Willie Fritz is? No. He's the coach at Tulane. I've seen for him. For Mississippi State. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. And that, I, I, A&M too, and you mentioned the Texas thing, they'll probably try to find a guy with a lot of Texas ties, which makes sense. But with Mississippi State, they're going to try to find a guy with a lot of ties to the South. Yeah, I mean, or just young. Willie Fritz, 63. Yeah, he is, he's up there. He Maybe just a little past. How about Dan Mullen? 
I'm, I bet they'd be happy to have him back. Is all forgiven for him leaving to go to Florida? I don't know. We know he works there. I think he would want to come back. Or is he like his cushy job at ESPN? Well, he might like it. I don't know. Yeah. If he's like Joe C, he's already got it. He's already got a list. Which I'm sure he does. I'm yeah. sure Selman does. Yeah. And I would imagine to be young. It's a good one from the tech sign, the, the Duke coach. <clears throat> yeah, he's in play for. I've heard other jobs. Uh, I th- he would take A&M in a heartbeat. He was he was there before as their coordinator, defensive coordinator. Yeah. Mike Elko. Yeah, he would cert- – I mean, I think – honestly, I think Mike Elko is probably kind of the fallback position if A&M strikes out on their first three or four really high yeah. level yeah. targets. Do you think anything changes tonight in the top eight? No. All right, so you had a big Georgia win against the number nine team. That was a good win. You had Michigan just strangling the life out of number 11. Is that enough to bump either one of them up? No. You had the eye test with Alabama. But you had that pesky loss to a team they'd have to leap that they lost to in Texas. I think you're probably – here's the thing. The committee is at a luxury right now. <clears throat> because of the head-to-head stuff? Because of they're coming, yeah. The, the games between those teams are coming. And they're coming, too. At what point does it does it ever play into, like, I stopped checking the Texas TCU score when they were up by, what, 20? I thought, okay, they're going to roll. And then I saw the final, and I saw they give up 20 points in the fourth quarter. It, at what point does does winning ugly start to hurt you? Historically, it has depended on who you are. Uh-huh. At times it doesn't hurt, depending on who you are. At other times it hurts immensely. Um, I think I think the committee is probably in a holding pattern because they know they're going to get bailed out for a bunch of this. They know that either Ohio State or Michigan is going to lose. Yeah, they are pretty confident that either Oregon or Washington is going to lose. And so at that point, you trim eight down to six. And then, oh, by the way, Alabama and Georgia are going to play. So that's going to, you know, <coughs> depending on what that looks like, now you're down to five. So you just got, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got an elimin- one eliminator. In your mind, who are the best four teams right now? Not resume, just what you've seen them play football. Who do you think are the best for? I still think, in no order, I won't put it in any order, but I think Georgia is very good outside of the controversy, which makes me mad because it's kind of like the Houston Astros thing. You didn't need to cheat. You're good. And that's Michigan. I think they're, the eye test tells me they're good. They they got a lot of a lot of really good players. Uh, Florida State, they've got those key wins, and there's no, there hasn't really been a letdown. They took care of their rival in Miami uh, versus Miami at, at it was in Tallahassee, but um, and then Ohio State. I think those are my four best teams right now. Okay, mine is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Oregon. Those are the four teams that I feel like look the best. With Florida State, the hardest one to leave out. 
I would have left. I don't like the ACC, but I like who Florida's beaten early in the year. Yeah, for me, it's a Florida State-Oregon controversy. And if Clemson's resurgence continues, that win at, at Clemson looks really good for Florida State. Speaking of Clemson, how about Dabo at Texas A&M? We'll be back. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. All right, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is at 809 North Main right here in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug, care you can trust. They've got that convenience packaging. That's the individual packaging of their daily medication. No longer do you need a pill caddy. No, 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 no. You don't have to load it. You don't have to do any of that. Paul Jones Drug puts the right pills with the right dosage on the right day and all you do is open up the package take the pills and move on down life's path it's a great thing there that convenience packaging at paul jones drug durable medical equipment which is your walkers canes crutches wraps etc most insurances are accepted and also don't forget it's not just the medical stuff paul jones drug has great gifts and greeting cards and it's that time of year you know you got thanksgiving you got christmas it's a really good spot to go find a lot of nice, nice gifts for your friends and family. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main, right here in Elk City. Appreciate Rodney and all the gang down there at Paul Jones Drug. All right, got a couple of questions on the text line. How about UCF, which would be Gus Malzahn? I assume that was with the uh, Mississippi State job. I think that would be a home run. Now, the question for Gus Malzahn is this. Would you rather be Mississippi State in an SEC that's about to add Oklahoma and Texas, or would you rather be UCF in the new Big 12? Me personally, I would rather be Gus Malzahn at UCF in the new Big 12. I just think the the resources that are available in Florida, <clears throat> you know, you think of UCF as this little bitty school. It's not. It's a gigantic school. And I think he's better suited – because at the end of the day, I don't think Mississippi, Mississippi State may not be his end-all, be-all job. And I think if, if you're looking for a real advancement up into the, you know, the, the top 10 or 15 programs in the country, I think the springboard from UCF and the Big 12 is easier to, to happen than, in the, than Mississippi State and the new SEC. And then the next question that was had was Ole Miss, Mississippi State, schools like that, will they go down? with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. I think that's fascinating to find out because, uh, you know, I, I think about it <clears throat> through the years with, you know, OU or Texas, and especially since A&M, Nebraska, Colorado, and Missouri left the Big 12. So starting, you know, 2010 on, think about all the times that the OU more than Texas in that time, but – when you're playing a team and you're not having your best day, but you're able to eke out a win because, you know, maybe the that lower rung in the in the Big Twelve isn't as good as the lower rung in the SEC. 
you know, did some of those wins turn into losses? And some of those teams would be the Ole Miss, or the, uh, Ole Miss probably a little higher than that right now for sure, but Mississippi State would be on that level and how much that could springboard them to stay relevant. Um, you know, I think as long as Lane is at Ole Miss, they're going to be that team that is right there on the cusp of being, you know, making it to the, you know, the, the SEC title game out of the West or what have you. It won't be the West anymore. Oh, but Mississippi State, to me, that's one of the hardest jobs in the country. I mean, you put that up there with the Washington State, you know, and some of those really, really, really difficult jobs. Mississippi State is absolutely one of those to me. They have better access to better players, but they're also Mississippi State in the SEC West, or have been. Back to who the best four teams that people think they are. We got Alabama, Georgia, Washington, and Michigan. And then question if Alabama played Ohio State or Oregon, who would win? Here's the deal. Outside of maybe Georgia, if you ask me if Alabama played so and so, who would win? Right now, I would say Alabama. I can't believe how much better Jalen Milroe has got throughout the season, where that Alabama offense was. Week two, week three, week four versus where it is now. This is one of Nick Saban, and this is a mouthful to say, but this is one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs of his career for where that team started to where they are now. You know, I had to text that Alabama isn't the same Alabama that Texas beat in week two. I 100% agree. If that game was played again this weekend, Alabama would be a touchdown favorite. And rightfully so, I think. I, I just Alabama, <clears throat> they were they're fortunate enough to pull out. You know, like the A and M game on the road, they pulled that one out of the fire. Heck, they pulled the UCF game out of the fire a week after losing to Texas. But not ever suffering that second loss has allowed them to also improve and develop and get better and better and better. And right now, it looks like the same old Alabama. You wouldn't even know that they had those struggles earlier in the year if you watch them right now. Watch them against LSU a week ago. <clears throat> and so I, I'm not so sure that Alabama isn't the best team again. It, it, they just look like Alabama. The defense is awesome. Milrose coming along now. You know, LSU's defense isn't what you're used to seeing out of LSU by any stretch of the imagination. And so maybe, you know, in a potential you know, on the road at Jordan-Hare here in a couple of weeks in the Iron Bowl – and most notably in the SEC title game against Georgia, we'll see exactly how far Jalen Milrow has has improved, how much he has developed. But, man, Alabama, whew, they look really good right now. That's why I, I test to me they're one of the top four. And then you think about Michigan. Can Michigan out – let's, let's say that it doesn't – either Georgia or Alabama. Michigan plays like Georgia and Alabama. Can they out Georgia, Georgia? Meaning, can they play their style and beat them at their own game? It, it's hard for me to see that because if you look at the rankings in recruiting and you see the, the players on the field, week in, week out, year in, year out, here for the past well, know, a handful of years at least, it's when you watch them play, Georgia and Alabama, and a lot of times really Ohio State's in this mix too, but they just look like they have better players. So can Michigan beat them at their own game? It, it, you, one would think you would have to have 
better players to beat them at what they do best. And I'm not sure if that's true, even as dominant as Michigan has looked. We still skipped over the team that I'm not trusting anymore. We have to get to that tomorrow. There's one team that I will never trust again until I see it on the field. See them do what they have not been able to do. And once again, this year, they play a two-game schedule, and they go 0-2. We'll tell you who that is tomorrow. Don't forget tonight, NBA 630 right here on these airwaves. Chet versus Wimby for the first time on an NBA court. Thunder Spurs, what could be the rivalry, the, the magic in the bird of the 2020s. Everybody have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. Skinny on Sports on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.